what evil is? Or why democracy, the state, liabilities, double-entry bookkeeping and currency are evil and what mutualism would do about them? Democracy, the state, liabilities or the threat of loss attached to property, double-entry bookkeeping and currency are the five evils. These are the five pillars of liberalism and five doorways into the devil's lair. The above evils are all social costs. They can be understood as the five costs of living in the liberal system, which includes about every social institution developed over the last 6,000 years. These factors are evil because they are social costs. A social cost is an unattributed expense. Basically, a social cost is what economists call an externalization or a cost borne by society and future generations. It is important we understand the difference between sin and evil. Most people think the terms are interchangeable. People think money and currency and moral and ethical are interchangeable words, also. Words have meaning. When we cease to consider individual nuances, we miss the differences the terms were designed to express. The claim, there are five evils implies there is a commonality to things that are evil, they are part of the same family. They are distinct from all other things in this respect. But the claim also implies there are other types of actions that are not evil. We have remarked evil and sin are distinct. If evil exists, good must exist. If evil is to be distinct, it has to be contrasted with an opposite quality. All human activity is good or evil or sinful. All activity falls under one of these three headings. Nothing we do lacks moral significance. Good and evil are inversely related. Sin is not a good, but it is not evil. Sin is a different category of thing, but it is contrasted with a different understanding of good. But to fully understand this classification we have to understand what evil is. Most of us know that if there is a division between two categories of things, there must be a clear-cut distinction between them. Good and evil must be absolutes with no overlap, or they are not opposites. Evil is seemingly easily identified. We know mass murder is wrong, murder is wrong, abuse of children and people's trust is wrong. But when does evil turn into sin? When is a violent act made good by its context? When does poor judgment become evil incarnate? Law attempts to define these crossover moments. It is illegal to speed unless one is saving a life. It is legal to go 40 miles an hour in a school zone but not 41. But though wrong the police turn a blind eye. One mile per hour over the speed limit is not bad enough to justify a ticket. The taking of life is considered to be inexcusable when done for personal reasons. But killing another human is rewarded when done for altruistic reasons. People who harm others for personal gain are considered especially vile. But how many acts of violence can be justified? The reasons given for violence never seem to rise to the level of a reasonable explanation. Looked at in the cold light of day, Justifications always appear weak when others are harmed, except when the harm reduces the impact of a prior incident. There is always something wrong about people who can find a cause to murder someone. 
The rationalizations are viler than the act itself. To kill someone to stop them from leaving you does not make sense. If good acts produce value, then evil destroys it. We have no right to destroy what we do not own, and we do not own what we did not create. Sin damages, but evil destroys and good builds. Evil takes what it did not create and eliminate the value added to them by the good. Evil are acts against God. We did not create human life and have no right to destroy life other than in the process of giving life more value. We have no right to rob others of what they have. But no one has a right to keep what has value from the use that gives it its value. Doing nothing also destroys value. Evil is always destructive. Evil always takes an asset that has value and destroys the value or makes the value unavailable. Sin reduces value but it does not destroy. Sin does not repay the bank. Evil burns it to the ground. We are not to fight evil with evil. This is why feuds are particularly vile. When we engage in a tit-for-tat, the destruction is endless and boundless. Always, we must strive to do good, we must strive to create value. We are not the judge of value. This is why we need the market. The market is no more than others being the judge of value. We get to produce things of value, but it is the market, the customer, that decides how much they will pay. But demand ought not to have gatekeepers. The level of demand for goods and services ought to reflect their value in the eyes of the market, not the concerns of a banker or bureaucrat. To have evil, there must be good that is destroyed. To have good, there has to be value. Value can and is quantified and forms the basis of market activity. To have evil and not have good is impossible. A discussion of what evil is cannot be complete without a discussion as to the nature of the good. The good is also known as the first-order principle or the purpose of man. We assume the purpose of man is to do good. Man is to create or generate value. In economic terms, this means we are to create things of value or things with value. Thus, there is an end to which humanity is directed. Mankind is, in this sense, a means to an end. We are not the end but the means created to accomplish this end. Yet, to treat someone as the means to an end is evil. Our purpose exists beyond what man can define or conceive. We are the means to an end, which means no one is the end to which others become the means. We are not to use others to obtain our end. No one is permitted to define the end to which others are to be put. If this is so, then what do we make of the state or private enterprise? What of organizations that harness human beings to their end? If we are a means to an end and this end is preempted for the end of others, then our end is nullified and our ability to serve as the means to an end already decided upon is destroyed. There is no greater evil than to treat man as a means to an end established by another human. This is why mutualism is the only viable system for humans to live under. Private and public property is not without purpose. These forms of ownership serve to turn men into a means. A factory owned privately or publicly entraps workers. They become the means by which the organization achieves its objectives.
This may or may not create value. The value created may or may not benefit humanity. If not, the organization ultimately goes bankrupt. This cannot happen within mutualism. By the principle of usufruct, all property is obliged to generate value for stakeholders. It is the stakeholders that determine if the property is generating value or wasting potential resources. Unfortunately, we are confronted by three possible groups of stakeholders. The bureaucracy is one group. Governments tend to hire according to patronage. The second group are elites. These flock around a private owner who promotes those who best represents his interests. In both instances advancement is based on a you scratch my back and I will scratch yours. The strategy is slightly different in the two cases but regardless the process creates a privileged group and an excluded group. Cries of racism and discrimination opens the process slightly but for all of the wrong reasons. The true stakeholder is the citizen of a political jurisdiction. It is our community that matters to us. Mutualism recognizes the interests of the citizen in how the assets of a jurisdiction are administrated. We own what we create, and it is the citizens of a jurisdiction that are the creators of that jurisdiction. The assets within it are the concern of those who reside in the area. A mutualist trust is an organization model that reflects the interests of the real stakeholders. To thwart the rights of stakeholders to act as stakeholders in the affairs of a political jurisdiction is to destroy the value these stakeholders created. Neither the public nor private sector has a right to deprive stakeholders of what is rightfully theirs. Mutual ownership means we own what we create, including our political jurisdictions. Any other option destroys value and epitomizes evil.